Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That's crazy-making. I'm Dr. Rupert Shader, and I'm here to help you save your sanity. Let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm so glad you're here because we're going to talk about something very different tonight. We're going to talk about ambient abuse. You may not know what that is, but you may definitely understand it. And you may be feeling it. You may be experiencing it. And tonight it will help you to put your finger on it, to really understand, ah, that's it. That's what's going on. That's what I can't quite get. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, host of Save Your Sanity. And I hope that you have found value here. Many of you write and tell me you found value. And if you do, please consider making a donation on a regular basis. Go to patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. You can pledge a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a one-time donation, just to show that your gratitude for the information you receive and to make sure that I can keep doing this. And I appreciate that in advance, and I thank those who have been doing it. It's great. So if you're listening on YouTube or you're listening on Facebook, know that there are lots of opportunities for you. You can always come and join me on Facebook in various groups. There's a Save Your Sanity podcast page at hijackles, uh, facebook.com slash hijackles. I have a private group called Optimize Life After Emotional Abuse. You can ask to join. Be sure you answer all three questions if you ask to join, because if you don't, I have to decline. So let's talk about this big, important subject today. It's crazy making ambient abuse. And ambient, you know, that's kind of that music, elevator music, that music that just creates a mood. And ambient abuse is that surrounding that you're in that it never feels right. It never feels good. It's around there all the time. It's kind of vague. You can't quite grab onto it. You can't say, oh, it's that. You're just feeling it all the time. You're kind of looking over your shoulder, waiting for it. So it's in the air. It's in the surroundings. It's part of what's going on. And ambient actually means that relating to the surroundings. So it kind of is like a fog. You know, it, it, uh, it relates to that image very well. And Dr. Gregory Jans wrote this quote, and I thought it kind of captures it too. He said, there is no scar tissue to stretch, no bruises to yellow and heal, no gaping wound to point to. In spite of their invisibility, emotional wounds comprise a very damaging form of abuse. And ambient abuse is emotional wounding. And that's the problem. You feel the abuse, but you can't quite say what's causing the abuse. And if you do try to say it's that, 
then if you say, I don't like that, you'll be told you're wrong. You'll be told it's not happening. And if they say it is happening, they'll tell you it's your fault, right? That's the way it goes. So ambient abuse, very important to see it. And, you know, I use the metaphor of fog, but there's a wonderful book called Emotional Blackmail. And it was written by Susan Forward. And she said in there that there's an acronym for FOG that she created. And it's fear, obligation, and guilt. Isn't that great? That we're living in fear, obligation, and guilt at all times. One of those three things is coming. And it creates that kind of FOG. And it it keeps you in the FOG. And she said, FOG is penetrating, disorienting. And all of it obscures everything but the pounding discomfort it produces. And that really speaks to ambient abuse, doesn't it? You know you're being abused. You know it doesn't feel good. You may even make excuses for it or take responsibility from it. But it keeps coming at you. So I want to help you put your finger on it, nail it down, and then be able to call it what it is, which is abuse absolutely straight up abuse. So important stuff. So as I said, Susan said, they're keeping you in the fog, the fear, obligation, and guilt. Now, when you think about that, isn't that how you feel? You're just waiting. You're intimidated. There's something that you're supposed to do and you can never quite get it right. It is just that fog, the fear the obligation, and the guilt. And if they don't get you on all three, they'll get you on one or two. And over and over again, too. So we have covert and overt hijackals. Some people write about covert and overt narcissists. Um, But hijackals include all the people with patterns, traits, and cycles of the different aspects of personality disorder. So that's why I created and trademarked the term hijackals. You don't need to be a mental health professional to be able to say someone has hijackal behavior. You don't have to make a clinical diagnosis, and it doesn't much matter anyway. But you need to know that you're being abused. And, you know, when I, I was researching for today, I was reading Dr. Craig Malcolm, and he wrote a great book called Rethinking Narcissism. But in an article that he wrote in Psychology Today, he was talking about ambient abusers. And he said, ambient abusers view others more as pawns than people and treat them like objects to be toyed with and tossed aside. Do you ever feel like that? The abuser is just playing with you, just pushing you this way and pushing you that way. See how pliant you are. See how flexible you are. See how resilient you are, what you'll put up with, where you get angry, where you cry, and then they use those things. That's ambient abuse. (sighs) Nasty, isn't it? It's truly nasty. And as we think about it, And we think about the difference between covert and overt abuse. Covert, you can see there are scars, there are threats, there are fingerprints and thumbprints on your throat. There are marks, there are bruises, there's things you can go to the ER and show and have a medical professional take a photograph of. But not so with covert abuse. 
its threats, its insinuations, its demeaning, degrading, discounting, twisting, all the things that I talk about in so many ways. So we have to be able to recognize what those things are and and then say, no, because as Craig Malcolm said, these ambient abusers see you as a pawn and an object. And he went so far as to say they'll just toy with you and then toss you aside. And they threaten to toss you aside all the time. That's the big threat. That's the big fear and obligation and guilt. You know, I don't have to keep you around. I don't even know why I bother with you. Nobody else would want you. You're just lucky you should put up with what I what I do because nobody else would have you. And they give you that sense, that very sad and sick sense that it has something to do with you. And it doesn't. You know, yes, you may have become a little insecure by being around this person for a while, but that has nothing to do with things being your fault. That is just not on. That is not what's going on either. And, you know, a person that wrote a book about um, abuse and a workbook, Sam Vatkin, he said that ambient abuse is that um, atmosphere, that's the word, the atmosphere of fear and intimidation and instability and unpredictability and irritation, just always keeping things churning, twisting and churning and leaving and coming and threatening and moving toward. And so it is always that fear and intimidation and that definite instability and unpredictability. And it is very irritating. And it doesn't turn you into a pearl. It really doesn't. And because there are no signs, no wounds, You can't really nail it down. There's not a specific incident that you can go and report on that somebody would believe. And you get to that place where it's that he said, she said thing. So you sometimes even give up going to explain to someone because it won't happen that someone will believe you because the abuser will say it's not so or that you're crazy or you're making it up. Or of course they wouldn't do something like that. And that just goes on and on. And Sam Vaknin also went so far as to write this. Ambient abuse is the stealth, subtle, underground currents of maltreatment that sometimes go unnoticed even by the victims themselves until it's too late. Ambient abuse penetrates and permeates everything and it's difficult to pinpoint and identify. It is ambiguous, atmospheric, diffuse. It's by far the most dangerous kind of abuse there is, he says. And you thought that there was no name for this, perhaps, because it just was so generalized. And there is, and I hope to help you to find 10 tonight, right now, this minute, if you're listening in the daytime or the evening or whatever you're listening, 10 ways to put your finger on it and call it what it is. 10 ways to do that. So you've got the, you've got the sense now, right? This is this 
all-encompassing fog that feels so bad and yet you can't really nail it down. And if you say, I don't like that, you're told that you're overly sensitive or you're making it up. It never happened. And what's wrong with you? It wasn't intended. They were just kidding. And you never can get a grasp on it. So I'm going to give you 10 ways to put your finger on it now. And I hope that they will help you. And the first one is trust your feelings. I know that the abuser wants to erase your thoughts about this. They want to diminish anything that you're feeling and say, you're not feeling that. They will tell you how you should feel. Remember, they're great at gaslighting. But what's really important is if you feel you're being abused, believe that. Believe that. You can check it out with a professional. You can call me if you like. We can have a session. Just go to beaclient.com. You know that's always available for you. Beaclient.com for new. I'll put it up for you. New new clients only. You can go to beaclient.com. Very simple to remember. If you're not sure if it's abusive, then, you know, let's talk about it. But trust your feelings. If you feel you're being abused, it's real. You are being abused. Whether the abuse is intentional or not, we can figure out. But first of all, trust your feelings. Don't trust the abuser. Okay? Trust yourself. The next way to put your finger on it is to notice Notice, that means that engage your mind, even though you want to go into your feelings because you feel so badly and you can't believe you're being put down again, but use shifting into your mind to say, notice, here it comes again. I'm being made to feel less than. I'm being told that I'm not as good as other people. There are things happening here that are diminishing. I'm being told I'm not worthwhile. I'm being told I'm insignificant. I'm being told I'm unlovable. I'm being told I'm crazy. All of that is not true. You know it's not true. In your heart, you know it's not true. You may fear it's true because they've told you so frequently. But that's the nature of ambient abuse. Let me surround you with a feeling of you not being good enough. Let me keep you always on edge and trying to be good enough. So to put your finger on it, start to notice how many times a day does that partner say something that makes you feel less than, that takes you down a notch, that makes you lower than they are, that makes you insignificant, that makes you not matter. Really notice how often it happens because sometimes you don't believe it because, well, it's just you. But no, it's the other person and they're doing it. So, you know, just keep a little tally if you need to. Keep a little piece of, you know, right on your iPhone in one of those reminder columns. Just put a one every time it happens in a day and notice. Notice it. Start getting back up into your head, out of your feelings and notice it. Okay, number three, notice if the abuser doesn't care or listen when you speak, when they are really not engaging with you, because of course it's all about them.com, right? So if they're really not engaging with you, you need to notice that, that they are there, but not engaged. They're in proximity but there is no presence. 
Notice that because abusers do that. That's one of the ways they diminish you is not even to acknowledge your right to take up space and draw breath in any room, to not even engage with you when you speak, and to certainly diminish anything that you say. They're not interested in that. So again, in that little reminder place in your iPhone, write down, I tried to engage in this conversation. No response. I tried to get an answer to this question. No response, deflection, distraction. Start to notice actually what's going on. This will help you stay in the cognitive, in in the functioning of noticing what's going on rather than going back into your feelings that, oh, there it goes again, and, you know, I'm insignificant and I don't matter. No, bring yourself back up into your head. It'll help you stay present and it will keep you from having those really negative feelings at the same level. So it serves a double purpose. It's a good thing to do. So number four, notice how everything becomes your fault and take note of what you are being told is your fault. Because it probably isn't your fault. It's probably their fault. This is what is called projection. You know, I've talked about that a lot. But notice that if they tell you things are your fault, it's usually because they know it's their fault. That's they project their fears about what's true for them and tell you that it's true about you. Start noticing it. Start getting that separation between the feelings and the actual cognizant things that are going on. I'm being told that again. That's not true. Instead of, oh, it's like, whoa. (laughs) No, be present with it. Really notice everything is not your fault. You've probably been scurrying to make sure things are not your fault and yet you're still told they are, right? So notice how many times you're being told that things are your fault when they're not. Okay, number five. Notice if this person, this ambient abuser that you're having a look at, notice if this person tries to act like your parent, your keeper, or even worse, your trafficker. Because they will try to parent you. They will tell you what to do. They will tell you, they will gaslight you, tell you what to do, tell you what to think, tell you how to respond, tell you what you should do, tell you that they know you better than you know yourself. Have you heard that one? I know you better than you know yourself, so just believe me. No, they don't. Don't give them that power. Don't ever let anyone tell you that they know you better than they than you know yourself. It's just not true. Yes, you know, someone may be in better shape than you in a minute. If you are, you know, just diminished to the point of tears and you can barely console yourself, maybe somebody else can hold the space for you until you get back to feeling like yourself and you can cope. But that doesn't mean they know you better than you know yourself. So it's very important if someone is acting like your parent, speaking to you as though you're their child. This is ambient abuse, and it chips away at you over and over and over. Oh, I'm not quite making it. I'm not quite living up to the standard. I'm not quite good enough. And that is pervasive. It's all there like the fog surrounding you. 
And then you start to generalize and say, well, I'll never be good enough. I'll never be competent. Nobody ever will want me. And you've been told that and you start to internalize that message. And that is problematic. And it's their problem more than yours. Your problem is to see it and decide what to do with it. They're not going to change. They're going to keep that problem because it works for them. And when it doesn't work for them with you, then you will make a change. Okay. Number six thing to really put your finger on is that they are never interested in or excited or happy for you. Now, we all know that hijackals can't stand anybody else's success, and they cannot stand not being the center of attention at all times. So they will ruin celebrations. They will ruin holidays. They will ruin family trips. They will ruin anything in order to be the center of attention. But you need to notice the flip side, that they are never happy or excited when something really pleases you. When, oh, sure they are, when they love bomb you and you like the gift that they gave you for a hot minute and they seem to want to impress you enough to have you think that they love you. But we all know that's love bombing, right? There's lots of episodes on that. But when they're never really interested and truly, honestly, genuinely, authentically excited for you or happy for you or celebrating your success, they're always diminishing it or taking the edge off it or tearing you down. Notice that because that is ambient abuse. I am never going to let you enjoy your life. I am never going to let you have your moment. And that is so sad. And so not okay. Okay, number seven. Notice sarcasm. It is, in my opinion, the sneakiest form of anger. Sarcasm is a way to cut someone off at their knees and make yourself look quite clever. And then when the person says, ouch, they say, oh, can't you take a joke? Or you're too sensitive. And if they use sarcasm a lot and they hide behind that sneaky anger, you need to notice that that's ambient abuse. They're just making cracks, little broadsides, little tears at your fabric, just kind of batting you around like a cat toy. And they like to do that. And you can see that hijackal smirk on their face. You know, you know that one? When you go to facebook.com slash hijackles, you'll see all the graphics that I've made there. And there's one about the hijackle smirk. You know, feel free to go there and share them with your friends, facebook.com slash hijackles, because all of those graphics can help somebody else. You can share them in the groups you belong to and, and, and see the ones that really resonate for you. So that little hijackle smirk comes often with the um, sarcasm. And you know, the last episode I did with Dr. Dan Hill on facial emotional coding, we were talking about that smirk. That was an episode from last week only. Go and listen to that. That smirk is a combination of disdain and anger, and it actually is the facial code for contempt. They only have contempt for you. 
How dare you think you're my equal? How dare you think that I would be interested in you? Very important to notice these things because as you emerge from this ambient abuse, you want to be able to say, and it's there, and it's there, and it's there, and it's there, and I'm giving you 10 ways to see it. So let's do number eight. The hijackal kind of erases you. And whether that's with the silent treatment or they just ignore you or they won't make eye contact with you, they erase your being. They just do not see you. They do not engage with you. They do not take note of you. They do not want to even be bothered with you. They see you as their person to do what they want, but they don't have to do anything for you. And particularly in the emotional realm, because they're incapable of doing it from love. They will do it because they have a use for you, but they do not have a lot of love to give. But they have a lot of uses for you. So they will erase you. If you just please them, it's sort of the red queen from Alice in Wonderland, off with their heads. You know, I just don't even see you. I don't want to be bothered with you. I am not going to acknowledge you. And of course, there is that nasty, nasty, silent treatment. I've had many, many clients ask me what to do then. And I say, if you're habitually with a hijackal and they give you the silent treatment, be happy for the respite of the silence and go about your business Give them no power over you by trying to make them talk. Just be delighted that for a moment or two, they're not on your case and they're quiet. But it's something that you need to notice about ambient abuse because they just quietly erase you. They don't see you. They don't look at you. They don't consider you. They don't ask you. They don't ask you about your day. They don't ask you anything except for what they want. Now, number nine, they'll always tell you you're the problem. Now, you notice that, you know, so many times people are writing things on Facebook and they write it and they say, let that sink in. Well, these things are things that need to sink in, too, that they always tell you you're the one with the problem. You're the one that created the problem. You're the one that's causing the problem. If it wasn't for you, everything would be fine. It would be progressing. It would be better than it is. Right. So notice it's not true. It's not true. You know it's not true because go back to number one, trust your intuition. You know it's not true. So get back up into your head and say, no, there's no evidence in reality that I'm the one who causes all the problems here. There just isn't. Now, don't let any of these things come out of your mouth. You're not ready for that yet. At this point, we are just internally recognizing ambient abuse. And I hope these things are really helpful to you in doing that. So number 10 is that they will withhold attention and affection, especially if you ask for it. They will withhold it if you ask for it. Why? Because that's instant power to them. If you ask them for it and they can say no, wow, what a moment you gave them. So if you're saying, you know, I need your attention, I need to spend time with you, and they say no, they have power over you, and they love that. And then if you put all these other pieces into it, you can then begin to understand how this ambient nature, it's all around you in your surroundings. Everywhere you look in your relationship in your life with a hijackal, there is going to be that abuse. 
coming out of the fog, wept here and hit there and diminished there and undermined in another place with the children, with the family, at work, wherever it is. I mean, I have worked with people all over the world for a long time. I have horror stories. I won't tell you them, but I have walked through horror stories with people. I know these pieces of these puzzles. And when you have ambient abuse and you're experiencing, I hope that I have helped you nail it down. Put your finger on it so that you can call it what it is. It is abuse. It is abuse that has no signs, no wounds, no specific incidents. It is just fog. And you now have 10 ways of taking note of it. I invite you to keep a record of that on your phone in some locked file, of course, because most abusers want to see your phone. Put it somewhere where they can't get to it so that you can remind yourself that's what this is, right? And, you know, you can always find me at forrelationshiphelp.com. There's so much there for you. There are my podcasts. There's my previous podcast, Emotional Savvy. There's 150 episodes of that. There's now 150-odd episodes of Save Your Sanity. So remember that wherever you get your podcasts, you can look for them. But also know that if you go to my website for Relationship Help and click on Podcasts, you can search all the podcasts there for the topics that are interesting to you and things that you need to know about. So I hope this conversation about ambient abuse maybe introduced a new word for you to understand what's going on, but even more so that those 10 ways of taking note of what's going on will keep you from going deeply into the feelings that they want you to have and put you back into your head to be noticing what actually they are doing. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I look forward to talking with you very soon. And in the meantime, take very good care of yourself because you matter. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash save your sanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.